The first day is an introduction to social justice and we talk about human rights and on the next day we talk about the status quo followed by stories of oppression uh, not just for human beings but also the planet, the environment and what borders can, uh, can do to our surroundings and finally we end with a high note of uh, stories of resistance, of vindication. You're listening to Speaking of Language a podcast recorded at the Language Resource Center at Cornell University. Each week, we explore a topic related to language pedagogy and second language acquisition. This week on Speaking of Language. Emilia Iana Mahiques and Macarena Tejada Lopez discuss how they synthesized language, migration, and human rights in their teaching, and the culminating project that highlighted the knowledge and creativity of their students. Hello, Speaking of Language listeners. Welcome back to a new season of our podcast. I'm Angelica Kramer, the director of the Language Resource Center at Cornell University. And I'm Sam Lupowitz, the LRC's media manager. We hope 2022 is off to a healthy and happy start for you all. Today, we kick off our ninth season with two of our colleagues, Dr. Emilia Iana Mahiques and Dr. Macarena Tejada Lopez. They developed a new module for an intermediate Spanish course focusing on human rights and a broad conception of borders. Welcome to Speaking of Language, Emilia and Macarena. Thank, Thank you. you very much. We are so excited to be speaking to both of you about your Spanish 1230 course and the amazing art exhibition your students put together last semester. Before we dive in, can you please share a little bit more about your background and your path with languages? Emilia, why don't you get started? All right. Um, well, my name is Emilia, and I joined the Roman Studies Department at Cornell University in the fall 2019. So that makes three years of teaching at Cornell. And I completed my PhD in Second Language Acquisition at the University of Iowa and my master's degree in Foreign Language and Literature and Pedagogy in the University of um, Delaware. And I specialize in Second Language Teaching, Curriculum Design and Writing. Wonderful. Macarena, what about you? I have been involved in language uh, teaching ever since I finished my degree in English Philology in Spain where I taught English as a second language. Hmm. And then when I came to the U.S. Um, to study a second master's in, at the University of Oregon, where I have been teaching Spanish for nine years. Oh, wow. Um, so I've been doing that there. And then I came to, to Cornell to continue teaching Spanish because I, I just love teaching, and I love mm -hmm. teaching languages. So... I am very happy to be here at the moment. Great, and we are very delighted to have you here as part of the Cornell community. So to get things started then, uh, let's talk about what is typically taught in Spanish 1230. That's a question for you, Emmy. Oh. You're the coordinator. <laughs> so, yeah, well, in, in 1230, it's a low-intermediate course. So we are looking to um, bring students a level of comprehension a little higher, uh, advance their oral skills, written abilities in a cultural context. 
Uh, we do that through a um, review of the grammatical structures because we consolidate, we consolidate those. And then we also engage students in uh, analysis of text, shorts, movies, and uh, we also develop some writing and reading activities. So what was your inspiration for focusing on human rights, migration, and social justice? Yeah, my very first inspiration was the LRC talk, Social Justice and the University Language Learner was called. Mm -hmm. And that was on March 17th last year, so 2021. Mm -hmm. And it was by Cassandra Glynn, Pam Wesley, and Beth Wassell. Um, so they came to the talk, and I knew Pam Wesley from the University of Iowa, so I, I had a chance to talk to her a little more, and uh, I wanted to change the migration project that we have in, 20, in 1230, uh, the topics that we did in 1230 regarding to migration. I wanted to do something with them, and then this talk was of an, an inspiration for taking the perspective of social justice. So Nice, that's great. Um, your work for this particular module that you worked on um, was also partially supported through a faculty micro-grant from the Center for Teaching Innovation. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? They support um, curriculum improvements mm -hmm. and I already I think, yeah, I was with Alice working on LRC grant already. So then mm -hmm. I was working with the, the city, with the city I was, I was working with something different to develop the migration part. Um, they just support instructors to develop curriculum contents. So I applied to the city I, and I, that's how I started changing the curriculum for uh, the migration. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. And then later is, yeah, later is when everything kind of got mixed a little bit because we continue to improve those projects, right? Macarena helped me with that. <laughs> and all the content that I created with the CDI then became improved again with the LRC grant. Yeah. It was great, though, too, that Emilia had the opportunity to test the new module over the summer because when we... Uh, went back to the modules for the fall uh, semester, we already had input from her on the, the strengths and, and the weaknesses of, of the modules and how to continue developing them. And then we came up with how, you know, the, 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 the big finale, the exhibition. Yeah, yeah, nice. And also for teaching into the TAs, that was... Uh, yeah. It was very interesting to have the, because everything, you know, I, so if I implement a change in the curriculum, everything is in my head, but you need a second mm. person that tells mm -hmm. you, hey, I mean, this is really only in your head. Nobody's going to get this. So Macarena, <laughs> you remember that Macarena, Macarena was like, I mean, like, this doesn't make any sense. I'm like, what do you mean? It makes a lot of sense. So then she was helping a lot, reviewing all the materials and making them comprehensible for all the TAs and all the instructors. I still remember that day. I was like, you know, this makes no sense. Uh, we spent like three hours in a row working on it, coming up with ideas and how to like divide it. Yeah, it was good. That's why we love collaboration. Multiple Absolutely. heads are Always better than one. Yes. Yes. Well, so now 
Um, can you tell us a little bit about what your module looks like, big picture? Well, um, it is one divided into four different uh, uh, days, we would say. Every day mm -hmm. we tackle a different aspect of migration and social justice. And so um, the first day is an introduction to social justice. To social justice, uh, where uh, students uh, get to talk about their understanding of it, and we talk about human rights and all the the, the rights listed, the order. Then on the, on the next day, we talk about the status quo, um, followed by stories of oppression, uh, mm -hmm. not just for oppression of for human beings, but also the planet, the environment, and what borders can uh, can do to our surroundings. And finally, we end with a high note of uh, stories of resistance, of vindication. And that's how we've, we have shaped the, the four days that compose the module. One of the final products, or the final product for this particular module, was that students created art projects and that you had this wonderful exhibition What kind of projects did the students create? Can you talk a little bit about some of the artifacts that came out of that that were part of the exhibition? Well, we were very uh, flexible with what students could create. We offered the opportunity to create paintings, uh, create anything that was digital, movies, um, 3D. Po 3D, podcasts anything. They had no barriers. It could be a poem. So they have no barriers for creating or ask for what type of project they could, they could create. Yeah. And I think that we had a sample of everything that we thought possible because mm -hmm. we did have poems and a podcast and videos and posters and protest signs and yeah. We have websites too. It was, yes. yeah. <laughs> so Yeah, it was. They, I was blown away by by what the students created. I mean, there there are some true artists that that participated in this, um, and I was really intrigued just by the broad variety of of different things. I mean, and the materials that the students used too, right? I mean, it was really it was great to to see that all come to fruition and and what students how they expressed their thoughts and ideas on this topic it was really nice. Yeah, I got the question of whether we were collaborate, whether my colleague Macarena was an artist. Uh -huh. or we were take that, <laughs> take that, yeah. <laughs> and I said, well, I don't know, she does some art here and there. <laughs> <laughs> or whether we were collaborating with the art department. And they said, no, this is really all the students yeah. who were able to create all this. Yes. Yeah. And I have to add that... Um, Also, thanks to the uh, the funds from the LRC grant, we could we were able to provide students with materials and and we were able to pay for the um, for the printing services mm -hmm. so that they really only had to worry about what they wanted to create without without thinking you know the money that they had to yeah. spend to to create it. So that was a big help. Yeah. Nice. Mm -hmm. So tell me some more then, uh, what was the students' reaction to the modules and to the project? Well, I think that migration and social justice can always be 
controversial topics that raise all types of feelings and emotions and responses in the classroom. Um, what Amy had tested the modules on the, over the summer, so I think that she could um, basically have an idea of what could be expected. But for the rest of us, uh, we were just hoping that the students would not feel intimidated by the, by the topics and the questions and, and to just simply, you know, create, a, create conversations in the classroom. In, in my experience, my students, I was delighted with how, how involved they became with, uh, with all the materials and how open they were. Uh, ex, um, uh, sharing their experiences and their stories and their concerns. So I have a very positive um, experience with it. I think that the response from the students was really good in the classroom. And then we all saw um, the rest in the exhibition. But Emmy? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the... I, same supporting what, what you said. I think the students were able to relate. I think one of the goals of this, of changing the migration uh, content that we had in the curriculum already was to make it more relatable. So not only focusing on, you know, the Mexico border, but also focusing on, you know, what is migrating, what is moving, um, what does it mean to feel constrained? Are you constrained? Are we constrained? So, like, it was more, we really approached uh, the topic from many perspectives. And uh, students felt very relatable. And, of course, uh, you know, we, the times we're living now, right now, we all, we all are seeing borders everywhere all the time mm -hmm. and talking about them, right? So, it was, uh, I think it was so relatable to them that they could get engaged in the content. Yeah. And, you know, I think how the students engaged with the topic and their expression in the artifacts that they create, it really speaks to your ability to create a positive and inclusive classroom atmosphere, right? Because as you said, this is this can be a really tricky topic and the fact that students were so open because I feel some of the artifacts were really deep and showed vulnerability of the students. And I think it's wonderful that they felt safe enough to to have that expression, not only for their peers, but also for the entire campus community. Yeah, um, I gotta say that I always put myself as an example. Like I, I, I give my experience as a, as an immigrant here mm -hmm. in this country, uh, uh, who has English as a second language with an accent, my own experiences, also just to open myself a bit to them so that mm -hmm. they also feel welcome to open themselves a bit mm -hmm. to the rest of the class and also to me. Because um, this is not, a, not an interrogation. It's not, I'm not sure. throwing questions at them and I, want, and I want them to respond and practice Spanish. No, this is a conversation in which I, I also have to be honest um, with them. That's wonderful. What feedback did you get about the exhibition from those who attended, or what did you observe about the people who were milling about the exhibition? I think the exhibition was like the culminating thing of like to top it all up, and mm -hmm. uh, because they realized what others, what other peers created, and they got surprised with the 
part of other peers. And then they start saying like, wow, yeah. other people went out of the way really. And other people got out of mm-hmm. the comfort zone to do amazing things. Mm-hmm. And the other people will think the same about their own, right? But I yes. think that's when everything became very real for everyone. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think that the students realized the scope of the project and the art exhibition. And uh, in the feedback that um, Amy created um, a worksheet for the students to uh, walk around, analyze, take a mm-hmm. look, and also the feedback that they left at the, at the end. And they were... They were not aware, I don't want to be redundant, but uh, that all the students were putting so much effort and were mm-hmm. so involved with it. So that they loved. And honestly, some of them also felt intimidated by the skilled, mm-hmm. by the skills that all the students had yeah. at creating yeah. posters and, and watercolors. I mean, it yeah. was great. And they were like, um, but we are not going to be graded on our creativity <laughs> skills, right? It's like, you know, I think that all of you have done an incredible job yeah. and that should not worry you at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was very surprising for all of us and for us instructors too, because we were putting together this exhibition, but we had no idea what mm-hmm. kind of art they were going to bring. And we were thinking like, oh my, you know, I hope they bring something that is can be shown. <laughs> you know, Angelica's gonna come here. She's gonna see all these things. I hope they can see they can see something nice. And in yes. the end, in the end, it turned yes. out like they really put effort in them. And yeah, um, yeah on the what Macarena was saying, this and it is true. We created some activities, right, that students could could use for the last day. So they will be seeing the projects and they would they will also be guided as for, you know, what is the best piece of art that you like the most? Or, you know, what is a, a topic that you like? And you, it was just a bunch of yeah. questions and activities. And they at the end, they had to reflect about the exhibition itself. And one of the top comments, which I found interesting was, do not give us more activities. We just want to see the art. <laughs> we wanted to see the art and start reflecting. They didn't want to be like answering questions. Yeah. So yeah. we probably can't that. Yeah, yeah. We have but to uh, say that the look... Oh, sorry, Emmy. No, it was interesting. It was a funny comment because that was to guide them, right? And they were still like, no, we don't want to do more, you know, classroom <laughs> stuff. We just want to see the art and yeah. reflect on it. So. I just wanted to give credit to the location because mm-hmm. we, and that was a nightmare to find a good room mm-hmm. on campus to showcase all the art. And I think that we found the perfect spot to, uh, to show all the posters and all the art um, because it was impressive. Both, I think mm-hmm. that everything that day worked so well that, and, and I remember that with with so much happiness and joy that, yeah, can't express it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of, um, you know, like, questioning, right, about how this final day was going to end up. And, yeah, we, it was surprising. We definitely prepared for it, but it was, 
you always have the question, right? Like, how are things going to turn mm-hmm. out? Is it going to rain? How are we going to bring all the projects <laughs> if it's raining? You know, all these possibilities that you always have to think. Yes. And, yeah, but it, but it, it did turn out well. Yeah. Will this exhibit um, live beyond just that one day when everything was displayed? What, what are you doing with all those projects? Did the students all take them back home? Um, students were um, uh, encouraged to take them with them. Uh, and many students came at the, at the end of the exhibition and took their projects with them. Um, I have kept some in my office. They're decorated nice. in my office mm-hmm. um, with the permission of my students. Well, I actually told one of my students, you know, I'm, I'm keeping it. <laughs> Like, I'm keeping this one. And she's like, I'm totally fine with that. And I'm like, good, because this, <laughs> this is going to in my in my office space. <laughs> so some others, uh, some uh, some other students were not interested in, in collecting them. I still have a bunch of posters in my in my office. Yeah, but, I kept some too that are also decorated in my office. So That's nice. Yes. And forgive me if I missed it the first time. Did you mention you were talking about the the space where you displayed everything? Where was that on campus? Oh my, what's the name? Wheeler Straight Hall. Yeah, Wheeler Straight Hall. Gotcha. Yes. Six, 600 something, I think it was. Was it the sixth floor? It was a lot of stairs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <I've>, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> The elevator only got to the fourth or something like that, and then you have to walk the rest and oh, yes. all the projects and the screens <laughs> and the projectors. So yeah, not even. <laughs> yes. Where can our listeners find out more about this project? Well, it's it's got some media coverage uh, that we're delighted with. Uh, one being this podcast that um, so they can learn more about the project by listening to the podcast. Uh, CTI also released a chronicle about it. And um, I have a colleague in uh, um, California, Riverside. Yes, Riverside, um, who's interested in including this exhibition in the next issue um, of their their newsletter. that, that that will be released in June. And hopefully we will repeat it again, Emmy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. Yes, we're doing it for sure at a small scale where the, the art component is continuing and uh, students will, the plan so far is that students will do that and we do will bring their, uh, their art to the classroom. Uh, that, that's like the most basic thing that we're keeping like at least share it with the classroom mm-hmm. and then we'll have to I'll have to talk to Daryl maybe and see <laughs> see if he wants to repeat it and Macarena is always there to help yes. <laughs> nice yeah and also yeah and also the department had a we had the support of the department as well with the media they also posted on their Facebook page and mm-hmm. on the department Instagram. page Yep. Mm-hmm. And then also, um, maybe Macarena and I go for a conference somewhere and talk about it Oh, there you go. More. Yeah, that would be great. Certainly. That, yes, yes. We would yeah. love to put something together. Yeah. Um, because why not use this 
great outcome as a mm-hmm. as a research or to write a paper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think any time you can allow your students to be creative and to do something that's not writing a paper and not interviewing someone, right? It always surprises me how creative students get when you allow them to let those creative juices flow. So I think Mm -hmm. this was a a really wonderful way to re-engage students, especially during the times that we are living through right now. Yes. (laughs) And the final essay was still there. The final course essay was still there. But instead of talking about, you know, a topic that they have to just talk about the topic or something, they actually had to talk about their process for creating the art Mm -hmm. and why and what are you trying to show. And so it was a different kind of writing as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. What are your next plans for innovating your curriculum? Or are you going to take a little bit of a break now? I, this semester, I'm going to take a break. Good for you. (laughs) Last semester was my first here in Cornell. And uh, even though it was absolutely rewarding, it was, oh, so much work, right, Emmy? It was so much work. And um, even though I'm not teaching 1230 this this term, I still want to volunteer to help her. Um, But I think that it's always... It's always easier to innovate in the curriculum when you're in the position of a coordinator rather than just a lecturer. That I do have ideas um, for future courses that I may that, that I may coordinate, but for now, I think that I'm gonna be uh, I'm just gonna be helping hand. And I'll probably be looking for hands. So. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. The LRC has a lot of those as well. <laughs> yeah. So normally it's what you were mentioning before, um, collaboration. I'm yeah. someone, I know that I, I'm i someone that needs collaboration for almost anything I do. But it just it's just a different way of working. It comes out totally different. So, yes. yeah, we'll see what yeah, I'm You're sure. full of ideas, I mean. <laughs> you are. The problem is when they are too big, you know. And it's like, ooh, you know, this is yeah. too big. Yeah. And then it's a lot of work. So, But you just have to find the right, pe- the right people who want yeah, to, sure. like, like Macarena, who, you know, yeah. they want to support and, yeah, continue with the project. So. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, before we sign off, we like to ask both of you to share a word in a language you speak, love, or are learning, or want to learn that makes you giggle. We all need more laughter in our lives. So, Amelia, maybe you can start us out. Yeah, I have thought of one, but now I changed it because I shared it with Macarena and she didn't want to share it with me. And I said, hey, that's not fair. You're going to tell? No, I shared it with you 30 minutes before. So we decided to surprise each other here. Um, so my favorite a, a word that I like that makes me laugh is um, is the word and you know in English the word brochette like when the for when you go to a restaurant and ask for a uh-huh. how do you call that brochette right? It's a bruschetta. 
is Italian. Exactly. So I said, I want a bruschette. <laughs> I, we were in the restaurant, we were like eating, and we said, I want a bruschette. And then this like random American person was sitting, well, was sitting with us, right? He said, do you mean bruschetta? <laughs> oh my God, I'm the one who's teaching languages here. You mean bruschetta? I'm like, okay. I've, I've always, word, I've always bruschetta. felt like that's, that's one of those words where, where you really can't win because either you pronounce Agreed. it the Italian way and you get a funny look from the person who just wants to take your order mm-hmm. or you pronounce it the way all the Americans do and you're like, but... I studied languages and I feel terrible about myself. So it's, it's anyway. Marilyn, how about my, you? What's your word? My word. Uh, my word is melocoton <laughs> because that would be uh, peach in in Spanish, in Peninsular Spanish, because it got different names in Latin America. But I really I like the word because as you're pronouncing it, it's like you're. You get a mouthful of mm. the fruit. It's mm-hmm. like melocoton. Mm. Like it's round. It. I so I it. like I like the, the 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 connection between the pronunciation and the actual fruit. Which in in, in which in Spanish in Latin America is durazno. So it uh-huh. just it totally loses the whole point mm. of it. I agree mm-hmm. with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I like that both of you selected words in the food family. <laughs> I appreciate that. We approve That's, of that here yes, at Speaking of Language. Yes, we definitely approve of that. Yep. <laughs> we might go for some bruschetta and some melocotón together. Yeah, it does there we go. find me. My <laughs> love for food. <laughs> well, you know, next time you do the art exhibition and we are allowed to have food again on campus, maybe we'll make sure to have both of these things for the students to taste. Yes. And only those two things. That's all we'll serve. <laughs> setting, okay. a, setting precedence yes oh my well thank you so much for speaking of language with us today Emilia and Macarena thank you it was thank my you pleasure I had a fun here yeah, so did we thank you. we appreciate it <laughs> Next week, we'll speak with Michelle Crow, director of Cornell's English Language Support Office. Until then, Auf Wiederhören! The Language Resource Center is located on the ground floor of Stimson Hall on Cornell's main campus in Ithaca, New York. Check us out on the web at lrc.cornell.edu or follow Cornell LRC on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Speaking of Language is produced by Angelica Kramer and Sam Lupowitz. Recorded by Sam Lupowitz. Original music by Sam Lupowitz, Dan Gable, and Joe Gibson. Thanks also to the College of Arts and Sciences at Cornell University. As a reminder, the ideas and opinions expressed on this podcast do not reflect those of the College of Arts and Sciences or any other official entity of Cornell University. We thank our listeners, and do stay tuned for our next episode.